The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Intuitive Connections, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Intuitive Connection. Today we have a reading again, and I'm excited for this one because our guest has a question that she wants guidance on that I think is a common one for a lot of people out there. So Erin came today wanting, and I'm going to let you put this in your own words in just a minute, Erin, but the way I understand it is you want some guidance around finding Mr. Right. Does that sum it up? (laughs) Yes. Yes, that's exactly it. (laughs) And she wanted to know, like, what are my blocks? Like, what's getting in the way of this? So I'm going to now put it over to you and just share a little bit more about what you'd like to hear from the guides and then we'll tap in. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, I've done a lot of inner work. I've done a lot of, you know, all the things to try and attract this person. But I feel like there's some sort of blockage or limiting belief or something that's preventing me from attracting him in because I feel like. I have attracted really great guys, but not quite what I'm desiring. And so I'm just trying to figure out what's what's missing here or what's blocking me. Okay. So when I tuned into your energy, when we first started, what I picked up was very, very strong. And you'll tell me if it resonates with you, but I picked up some energy around your mom. And I picked up your mom being very critical of men. So just very, very critical of, it could be particular men, but I think for her, it was also just men in general. Mm -hmm. And I feel like some of that conditioning is in your brain where you have unconsciously, and I don't think you actually consciously think like this. So I don't, I don't think you consciously took on the belief system, but your inner child just has these very specific beliefs about men not being worthy, not being good enough, not being safe choices, kind of the words are sort of like, I wouldn't really use this word on my podcast, but like men being schmucks, like they're just not. (laughs) And I think that that is part of the condition. Does that resonate something that you experienced? Yes and no. With my mom, I feel like she, like her and my dad are still married, but they don't have the best marriage. Okay. (laughs) It's one of those things where they're religious. And so they don't really believe in divorce per se. 
And it's kind of like a situation where they love each other, but at the same time, they are miserable. <laughs> okay. And so I grew up with my mom was always arguing with my dad about, you know, needing help with this or that, or, and she was very dependent on my dad for everything. She didn't work. And so I, I don't know if that's kind of where I get it from. Um, my dad is not a bad person at all. My dad's amazing. He's just emotionally unavailable. And my mom has always been wanting more. She's always wanting more from him. And so maybe I've created some sort of story there of men not being enough. I want to be really clear that it's your inner child and it's the safety that your inner child feels with men and moving into a, a relationship and a committed, serious, long-term marriage type relationship. That's where I see, I don't like to use the word limiting beliefs or, I mean, it, they're fine words, but um, sometimes what happens when we do that is we think like I, meaning I'm creating these obstacles when really it's just, this is just your conditioning, right? This is just, you are the power force to, to shed the light of consciousness on that conditioning. And by so doing, you release it right? But sometimes we identify with it. So I always like to make that distinction because a lot of times in the personal development kind of community, and even when it goes a little bit woo, we still think about fixing ourselves. Like I have to fix myself and make myself perfect before X and you're already perfect. So it's just about letting that inner perfection more and more shine through and shine through, you know, despite some of this conditioning that is just in your space, it's not who you are. But I do see some of that from your family of origin and probably your mother's exasperations with your father has made you on some level, not fully trust men. Mm. Okay. That's the first piece that I see. And again, try it on for size, feel into it. You know, I don't have to be right. (laughs) (laughs) This one I see pretty clearly, but again, I could still be getting it wrong. Like that's why I always put it back over to you because the way this, this works, and this is instructive for the, the listeners too, is you get the intuitive hit, you get the information, and then you interpret it. We all interpret it. Like even someone who is a unconscious channel, right? Some of people follow people that they just, they tune out and, you know, entity spirits talk through them. Even those people still have a perspective. We all have a perspective. And of course, the more engaged we are, the more our perspective comes to play. But that's why I always say it's up to you to see what resonates. But that's the first thing that I get. There's a little distrust of men because of the relationship that your mother had with your father and her beliefs about what was possible. And with her father as well, by the way, who was much more difficult than your father was. Um, But when I look at your mom energetically, and I don't have her first name, and I I don't actually want you to give that to me because she did not agree to be on the podcast. But if I'm just reading into her briefly, I think that the way she relates to your dad is still very much baggage from her own childhood. And I don't think she's someone who really can discern the two things. So I think a lot of times she gets triggered from her own childhood, puts that on your dad's behavior, but she has no clue. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And she probably never will. So for you to say that to her, like maybe you, you could kind of suggest it. She's a little more open now than she's ever been, but it's just, she doesn't have that level of awareness or that interest in cultivating that level of awareness so much. So part of it is just, you know, anything that you've gotten to is probably from her own experiences with her father and also her parents. Makes sense. Because they had an interesting dynamic, but I think her father was much more difficult both to be married to, although 
her mother, they had, a, they had a very different relationship and it was probably actually a quote unquote good relationship for them, but it wasn't a good relationship to be the child of, if that makes sense. Makes total sense. And I can totally see that just knowing my grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It worked for them, mm-hmm. but it probably wouldn't work for your mom as their child. It was fiery and it was tricky and it was confusing. And I don't know how many siblings she had, but it feels like she was the third wheel in their relationship. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe there were other siblings too. So maybe it was like... She's the oldest of four. Yeah. Okay. So that would make sense too, Mm -hmm. because she would be the first one on the scene, right? Mm -hmm. And where do I fit in to this dynamic? And I don't think she ever really felt that she did. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So all that kind of comes through for you. So mom's getting healing today, (laughs) whether she asked for it or not, but (laughs) I trust these things aligned as they should. The other thing, and this one is a little bit weaker. It it came when you were talking about the fact that your parents are very religious and they'll never divorce. And you know this, that can also make it daunting to take that step yourself because all of a sudden now that bar is so much higher for, I can't make a mistake here. I can't lock myself into the wrong relationship and be stuck there for life because I've seen how that worked for my parents and it it wouldn't work for me. That very much resonates. And that's a a belief that I've recently become aware of is that I had this feeling of when I pick somebody, it's it's so final when in reality, it's it's really not like divorce is okay. Like sometimes it doesn't work out and realizing that that's my belief and that's not my parents' belief. Yeah. And interestingly enough, when I read them, even though they wouldn't say it, they would support you if you decided to end a marriage. I believe that I do. Yeah. I don't think they would like condemn you or like they're making their choices. They would definitely try to sway you to what they think is the right way to do it. Mm -hmm. But you're a very strong-willed individual and they know that about you and they would support you. They would support you. They do believe that even though you sometimes do things differently from them, they actually respect the integrity of your choices. Like they see how your life works for you. They've come to peace with it. Uh, You're not in their face most of the time about choices that you make that are different than theirs. You guys have gotten to a place where you coexist with those differences and they respect your choices. They understand that your life works for you. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. That very much resonates. We fought a lot, but now we've gotten to a point where it's kind of like, you do you. Yeah. We're going to do us, (laughs) but we still love each other and it's respectful. They don't, they don't always get the choices that I make, but they have gotten to a point where they are better about respecting it. Yeah. And that's a testament to you and your level of maturity because they were not going to get there if you didn't get there. If you had stayed like in that adolescent mentality of my parents are wrong and I'm right. And I have to prove to them that I'm right so I can feel okay. You would have been stuck there forever, but you made that beautiful shift into adulthood that not a lot of people, not everyone makes. I won't say not a lot of people, but (laughs) some people get locked in that place forever where you said, this is my parents. This is how they chose to live their life. I'm going to make a different set of choices that work for me. And I'm going to honor myself and know that neither of us has to be wrong. Yeah. And that, that shows a huge level of awareness and maturity that invited your parents to jump onto that bandwagon rather than the push and pull of trying to control you and keep you in where they think that you would be safe. Does that make sense? Yes, very much. So well done there. (laughs) That's huge. And you can ride this same wave of energy towards finding a partner Mm -hmm. um, or series of partners, if that's how it shakes out, that on your own terms, that work for you, that aren't dictated by your conditioning from your childhood. 
dictated by what you think is possible based on what you saw that aren't dictated by your fear of not being able to leave a relationship that's not working. Like, I think that, you know, you, you are ready to free yourself up to create your life on your terms, even your romantic one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Now they're showing me some beliefs you have around coupling versus independence, because I think that, and I just heard you say it, but the guys are showing it to me again. There's a feeling that your mom was very dependent. Yes. And you are someone who prides herself on being very independent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And you value your independence and you're very strong-willed. You like things on your own terms. You have a little bit of a sense of humor where if someone gets too, it's not close. I don't think it's an intimacy issue so much as, but like you can be a little pokey sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, when people seem a little bit too comfortable with you, you poke at them a little bit. (laughs) So, okay, that seems to resonate. You know, like you don't ever want anyone to get too comfortable. And I don't think it's necessarily bad. It's that part of you that wants that independence. Like you don't want to get into a a natural routine of dependency. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important to recognize too, you can depend on someone without being dependent. You're right. And this is something that I've been working on a lot lately is this, I very much pride myself on my independence and being able to support myself. You know, I've been basically on my own for almost 20 years. But at the same time, there is that part of me that very much wants somebody to come in and just take care of things, right? So that way I can just rest. Like I feel like yes. there's that part of me that's like, I just want to be able to relax. I just want to be able to rest and not have to always be quote unquote on, you know? Yeah, I think that's huge. And I think you're a little afraid to let that person in and let that in because there's a feeling if I come to depend on it, will I start to resent it? Will I start to be like my mom? Will I start to be like disempowered? Will I like lose myself? And the answer is no. You have a very strong sense of self. And I think that will always come first. Okay. I don't think you'll lose yourself in somebody else. And I think this is weird, but you have like a lot of booby traps that will stop you from doing that. And and some of these booby traps are also not so helpful in terms of having a committed relationship, but some of the booby traps are, they're there because you have chosen, your soul has chosen to live this life in a certain way on certain terms. And I think that you had many past lives in a female body and also some in a male body around this dynamic of dependency and dependency in relationships. Mm-hmm. And so it's very important to you. You've, you've had more recent relationships as a male than a female and more comfortable relationships as a male than a female. Okay. So you're a little more comfortable expressing that male energy. Okay. doesn't mean you're not a woman and you know that you don't want it, but sometimes what happens, Erin, is in pursuing a particular dynamic. So a particular like theme in a life that we want to look at, like maybe romantic relationships or dependency, or even the male female dynamic or aspects of it. Like it feels like the particular dynamic that you're, I'm going to explain this as best I can, that you're exploring now, you've done it more as a man than as a woman. And the few times you did it as a woman, they were not satisfying, right? They were times when you felt very stuck, very trapped, Mm -hmm. including one past lifetime where I believe that you may have had to, I'm just going to be honest, uh, kill your husband in order to get free. Okay. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) And in that case, there was no guilt. I don't think you did it directly. I mean, I think it was a very abusive situation. I don't know if you actually did it or that was the only choice that you saw. No, I think you actually did it. And so that's another reason to be a fear of dependency. And when we bring up past life friends, and I'll say this for you too, it's not who you are now. And um, they're just different 
you have to think of as different roles that you've played, right? So different characters that you've played, right? You are always the awareness that is, you know, seeing through the eyeballs of said character, but sometimes we get way more into character where we forget who we are <laughs> than other times. And none of it is who and what you really are. Okay. So I just want to put that out there. So you've danced with this dependency issue a lot before and just, you know, the bonds of marriage and, you know, marriage was, you know, we, we think of it as a love thing, but it was basically originally formed as a business arrangement. Right. And one that often wasn't particularly helpful to women, right? It wasn't stacked in, in the female favor at all. Right. And so when we start to think about that, you know, that lineage, it, it plays a role in the whole institution of marriage has an energy. And some of us are going to interact with that energy in a particular way based on our, our own conditioning in this body, but also what we brought in from other bodies and just, you know, our interaction with the institution itself. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And honestly, I could totally see myself killing somebody in a past life. Okay, (laughs) good. So I didn't need to soften (laughs) that so much. I wouldn't put it past me. Like if I'm in, if the situation got bad enough, like I'm a survivor, you know? Exactly. And I see that. And it was, again, it spoke to your independence and that lifetime you weren't a survivor. And so in that lifetime, it took a tremendous amount of strength and it did for you. And it was actually the right choice, but it's, it's hard for a soul to make that choice. So it's still resonating with you. Okay. But it was the right one to make because he wasn't just harming you. He was harming other people as well. You didn't perceive any other way out. So we're going to let that energy go (laughs) so that you can, you can be free of that one. Um, and then the other thing that the guides really want to say is this, I want you to try and precise the scenario in which you don't have one single life partner. And I'm not saying it's because that's how it's got to be at all, but because it will free you up to know all the different options that are around you and make peace with that and make peace with the good parts of that. Because there's a part of you that is that kind, I know you're a girl, but that kind of bachelor energy of like not wanting to be tied down and liking things to be light and liking things to be fun and liking to live life on your own terms and not necessarily have to be a we Right. Right. Which you do in a long-term committed relationship. And if you've been in and out of relationships, when you come out of the relationship, the first thing that you get to do, even if you love that person deeply, is you take that deep breath and you come back fully into yourself. Right. Right. In my 27 year marriage, I remember like the, you know, when he would go out of town, it's like, oh, I can eat meatloaf. My husband didn't like meatloaf. I liked meatloaf, right? Little things like that. You're like, oh, now I can make that for myself because not that I couldn't when he was there, but those things about, and and he does the same thing, those things that you like to do that don't have a dominant role in the partnership. And again, because your parents' marriage in the way that it is, I could see for you, that can seem like kind of extra, like losing yourself in a connection because they both lost themselves completely in that connection. Yes. And they're both resentful of it. Very much. Yeah. Right. And they don't see the way out. You might see the way out for them, even if they were to stay married, but they don't, they both lost themselves and then they're both searching for it in the other person, which is not usually where it is found, but back to you. So I want you to explore the scenario of what if I didn't get married? What if I had a series of really great partners that supported me that I enjoyed? Can I make peace with that life too? And that joy, because I think that in doing that, you'll free yourself up actually to be comfortable with whatever happens and be comfortable with whatever happens means you'll also start to free yourself up to be comfortable with actually having a long-term partner. So I've done a lot of work around this actually. Okay. Because I was raised Mormon. Okay. 
And I, you know, thought I was going to be married and have like five kids by the time I was 30, like the whole nine yards. And right now I'm 40. Okay. And obviously that did not happen. I'm not married. I've never been married. And I have been doing a lot of work around like, okay, so what I thought was going to happen didn't happen. So what do I see as a possibility? There's still very much that part of me that wants to have that partner, right? And create a life together, right? Build a life together. But I have been making progress (laughs) on accepting that that may not be my reality. Yes. And even deeper, because now that you talk, I understand exactly what the guys wanted to say. And it was actually more subtle than that. They want you to A, mourn the loss of what you haven't had up until now, but also to recognize that you made a powerful choice in not being married up until now and not following that path, which would have not been the right path for you. Oh, 100% agree. (laughs) Like it would not have been the right path for you. And now as a 40 year old woman, like you now get to like live life on your own terms. So it feels like a loss and it feels like, you know, in your culture in your religious background, this is how it was supposed to be, but also in society in general, right? We have this idea that everyone is supposed to couple off. And sometimes it's strange being single. It's strange. Like people look at you like, you know, what's wrong with you? Or I feel sorry for you. Or even if it's a choice, right? Because we have so much bizarre conditioning. And so I feel that for you, it's around honoring the choice that you've made because it's been a choice. Even if you've been framing it in terms of my limiting beliefs have limited and it was a choice. It was a soul choice. I don't think your soul had any intention of rushing into a young marriage and having five children. Um, And I don't think your personality did either. And perhaps those weren't the only two choices available to you, but I think that you needed this period of time to work through a lot of things um, from other bodies where it was just important that you didn't pair up too early or go into that, you know, I'm going to lose myself and being a wife and mother. Yeah. Like, I mean, now that I'm 40, looking back, I'm so thankful that I did not, that did not, because I would have been miserable. I would have been my mother. I would have been miserable. I would have felt stuck. I wouldn't have had, I guess, the power or what I wouldn't have felt powerful enough, or I wouldn't have felt that I was able to leave if I was unhappy. Like I would have felt very stuck. Yes. And now you've reached a point where you're really ready. And you articulated a very clear intention and desire and longing to be able to depend on somebody else a little bit, Mm -hmm. to be able to open your heart and not have to feel like you're doing it all alone, to enter into a partnership where you support each other. So I want you to kind of flow with that energy because I think that that's what you're really craving. I also think you're craving fun and someone that, you know, really, I mean, completes you is the worst word possible in so many ways, (laughs) but but really like somebody where, you know, you finish each other's sentences and then you crack each other up, you know, that kind of dynamic, that kind of joy, that kind of fun play partnership. The word is partnership, right? Partnership is like, that's the energy that you want. And then you have to trust yourself in the partnership, which I think you're almost there, right? Trusting myself to not lose myself. And then letting that little part, that little vulnerable part of yourself know that, it's safe to depend on someone else, you know, temporarily, right? And we can, because what we have to recognize is every other person in this world is a reflection of us anyway. And so we'll depend on someone else. We'll lean into people when they're there. If that person isn't there, you know, you can support yourself and someone else will come along. And I know that's, you know, not really 
how we think about it at the altar when we say till death do us part, but it's the truth, right? There are certain relationships like a parent that is often, you know, primary and we expect their love and support throughout. And we don't always get that. And that's a story for another day. But when we are looking at every other relationship, including our romantic ones, right, we don't have to recreate that parent-child relationship in every single relationship that we come across. There's no need for it. People will come and go. And the people that you need, and you know this from other areas of your life already, the people that you need will always find you at the moment that you need them. And at the moment that they don't serve anymore, you move on. And it can be not painful at all. Now, I actually do see you finding someone that'll probably be for the second half of your life. But what will help you to know is that you're not bound to that. You're not bound to them. And that your sense of self, your truth, your self-expression never has to be sacrificed for a relationship, right? And that you are self-sufficient. And because of that, the caring that you'll bring in from someone else will simply augment that which is already true of you. Mm, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I think, where you're you're heading with this. Okay? Perfect. Thank you. The last little thing that comes through before we wrap up is this. Remember not to think of yourself as someone who has issues around finding Mr. Right, because you don't. You've made a series of choices that brought you to this amazing moment in time where I think you're poised and ready to maybe bring on a new relationship. And who knows where that relationship will go? Because you don't need to know. You need to enjoy the now anyway. But don't look at yourself as being where you are because you have blocks or problems. Look at yourself as being where you are because you've made a series of choices that have served your soul and that you've been exploring and learning through this human container and that you are brave as hell because you've made a choice in a series of choices that's very different than what most people make. And that only speaks to your wisdom, to your bravery, to your awareness, and to your trueness. That's the word that comes through to your soul's mission. And those are only good things, my friend. I just, I love that you said that because there's been a handful of times over the years where marriage was on the table in a relationship. And I am so thankful that I had the courage to not go through with it, even though part of me wanted to just so that I had, you know, the status or that there was something about, I had this story that being married was going to fix everything. Right. But yet at the same time, I knew that it wasn't right. And so there are times where I feel so much gratitude for myself for having the courage to not enter into those marriages and not go through with that, even though that insecure little girl part of me was like, I need this in order to survive. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny because even though I have all that gratitude, there is still that little lingering, you know, story sometime around, you know, you're 40 and single. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it takes a lot of bravery to have that, to own that with all the societal condition that says, well, something must be wrong with you if you made those series of choices. Yeah. Yeah. So I want you to focus on what's right about you because nothing's wrong with you. (laughs) You've chosen a different path, which takes tremendous bravery. And again, I think that path has been really true to your soul. And I do see that if you had married any of those men, you would have had a different path. And it wouldn't necessarily have been a bad one. You would have just had a different set of struggles and a different set of choices and a different set of finding your way back. But I think you held steadfast to this idea that I want to enter into a relationship when I'm really, really settled and strong in who I am. Yes. Yeah. And I think you're there. (sighs) Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. This was great. I think a lot of people are going to benefit from this one. So I'm so glad that you shared with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
Yay. All right. And yeah, I think that's good. I just want to uh, thank you again. I want to thank everyone for listening. Remember, if you ever want some guidance, I do offer readings and you can find that through my website, victoriashawintuitive.com. So you can have this too. I don't typically do them for free only on the show, but I know too, even if you're not in a place where you can afford a reading right now, um, I'm so grateful to be able to share with you. And I know so many people today are going to find some inspiration in Aaron's story. So thanks everybody for tuning in and namaste. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again and namaste. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.